You're listening to Pink Boots Conversations, where we speak with women and non-binary individuals working in the fermentation sciences. Our aim is to learn, listen, and lead with one another, inspiring professionals and consumers alike. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Mary Beth Hart. And I am very excited to be able to moderate today's discussion on diversity, equity, and inclusion in Iowa. I am joined here today by Ashley and Jess, and I'll let you each introduce yourselves, and then we'll jump right in. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I'm Ashley Heinick. I work at Knoxville Peachtree Brewery. I'm an assistant brewer there. I'm Jess Clambara, and I am the marketing coordinator for Confluence Brewing. Awesome. So I thought we could start out uh, just a little bit, wanted to get to know you a little bit better. Um, can you tell us about your journeys and uh, how, your journey in your career, how you ended up where you are today and, and any challenges or roadblocks you've experienced along the way? You go first. You go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a long way to go here. Um, <laughs> Well, I, when I started, it was not the idea of that I was going to be in the brewery industry itself. Um, I kind of just started as a bartender, um, moving into the town newly, and I was there for about nine months, and an opening opened up in the back, and it was production, and I've had production experience, so I was like, oh, I want to try something new. I was, knew I was going to be in the town for a while, so I was like, oh, let me try something, and my manager was okay with it, and the boss was okay with it, so I took it on and then from there it kind of happened fast but it moved on to being on the brewer side and learning all that technique with centrifuging and cleaning tanks mm -hmm. and then kind of learning how to brew and so ended up being an assistant brewer within the two years of kind of moving back there so that's been my journey with that basically. <laughs> uh, my journey is a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up in San Diego. I moved to Iowa three years ago. Um, but I was a firefighter EMT before this, um, and then I got into brewing because of my husband. Um, he brewed for Stone and multiple other places in San Diego, and I just watched him, and then I went to school for brewing, and then I became a brewer, and then I went through a double mastectomy, which put me back, and now I'm marketing for a brewery, so still in the industry, just not brewing anymore. Yeah. How about some challenges or, or maybe roadblocks that you've had along the way? How have you overcome them? Oof. Um, I mean, for me, I, I lost a lot through my mastectomy. I went completely flat. So I couldn't do half the things that I could do now. Um, so that's kind of where I lost my brewing position. But I don't, I just, keeping positive, and I, won, I knew I wanted to stay in the industry, and that's where my heart was. So... I stuck with it, and I'm glad I did. So the, the physical challenges, the, the strength that's needed to be a brewer was something that you had to overcome? Yeah, I mean, also the emotional challenges oh, of yeah. knowing that I worked so hard for this position. I worked my way up. I went to school for it, and then it was all taken away from me. So uh, emotionally, I think it was harder than the physical part just because I knew that that's what I wanted to do. But, you know, it is what it is, and that's what life hands you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad you're here today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was just more of just getting into a whole new type of career. Um, before that, I was definitely into the more of um, 
doing uh, customer service type mm-hmm. of things like bartending, service, um, working in re- uh, retail besides the packaging. So for me, it was just more of like getting into a whole new type of career with learning different science and all that, thing, all those things that I never was particularly using in my other careers and in my other everyday life. So that was something very challenging for me to try to yeah. grow with all of that. So new career, other challenges, what kind of support system did you build up around yourself? Who did you lean on? Um, how, how did you advance and get through these things? Um, I mean, my employer at the time was very gracious with me. Um, so they understood what I was going through and let me process things how I wanted to. Um, but obviously my husband was my number one supporter and, you know, him and I worked for the same brewery at the time. So he was able to pick up a lot of the slack that I wasn't able to do. Um, but I hope that everyone feels comfortable enough to lean on their employers during that time. And I hope that their employers understand what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. It can make a big difference. Yeah, I say I would agree with that. My employer was definitely a big part of um, helping me want to keep growing on top of just my um, employee, the people that I was working with, my coworkers. They also were a huge help. Um, so, yeah, and just everything else that comes with it, the addition, the addition of just the education that's with it, the, all of that was very helpful with me being more confident in what I was doing with a new career for sure. How, how do you think that your employers have really created that sense of support and inclusion um, in, their, in the workplace? Is it social events? Is it conversations? How, how do you see that really modeled by the leaders at your jobs? Um, I would say for me, it's we have multiple female employees mm-hmm. in our um, industry, in our brewery. Um, in different types of positions. So that's very um, helpful in being just a female in the the business itself, seeing that there's other females in that industry. Um, I'll let you finish that one. <laughs> uh, mine's, mine's a little different. Yeah, I'm <laughs> literally wearing it. Um, Confluence did do the pink merch, which I thought was really awesome. Um, I did the pink merch when I was with Kinship as well. So having the pink merch is not just because it's pink and it's October, but it was more of like my, you know, my fellow and, you know, coworkers and owner, they stood next to me and they didn't, they uplifted me during this time. And, um, a lot of people don't know, but I'm going through treatment right now. So to have that support and to have the pink merch come out was more than just it's October, it's breast cancer month, whatever. It was more of the support that I was given through that time. That's, that's fabulous. That's really good to hear. Um, so I want to turn now um, specifically more to diversity, equity, and inclusion, even though really what we've been talking about is, is just that. It's that inclusion, um, recognizing that we each have our differences, our different backgrounds, where we come from, the stories that we tell. Um, and then there's, there's the equity piece always involved as, as as it needs to be so that we can uh, rise up and have that fair treatment. Um, as, as we think about DEI and diversity, equity, and inclusion, when you hear that acronym or those words, what do you think of? What comes to mind first for you? Um, for me, it's myself. Okay. Um, I feel like I played a big part of that just with 
the brewery industry itself and just with our company. Um, just being one of the first black female brewers in Iowa is pretty amazing. Um, I never even thought that that would be something I would do when I was in the process of even trying to apply for this job. So um, the fact that I have beers out there and that I'm just learning and I'm an inspiration for other little girls itself is really cool. It's yeah, it's an inspiration yeah. to myself. Like I'm an inspiration to myself in a sense. Like I, I often hear the the statement that representation matters mm-hmm. and that it's important for us to be able to see ourselves in in different careers and in different industries. And I, I think that's that's a really good uh, thing to come to mind first as, as you think about DEI. Jess, mine would have to be disability. Okay. Um, you know, you might look at me and think, oh, she doesn't have a disability. She's fine, but I do have a disability. I mean, I, I had a huge amputation to my chest and I can't do half the things that I can do. So I hope that I am a guiding light for those that do struggle, that do have these big surgeries, that do feel like they're a burden to their companies by going to doctor's appointments. Like, I hope that I can guide them in the right direction and make them feel safe in their workspace. You know, um, Uh, Thank you for sharing that. I think that many times when we think of diversity, it's the, the things that we can see. And it's, it's what's right in front of us where the reality is, is diversity is a lot more than that. And uh, if you think of it as being more than just the things that you could see, that's, that's really what diversity is. And, and that's where that inclusion and equity part come into play. Um, I don't think you can have one without the other two, the DEI. So I, I think that that's really important for us to just to reflect on and think of as we're working in our jobs, leading in the community is really is, is how and, and what do we think diversity is. So that's, that's fabulous. Thank you. Um, are there two or three things that we each could do today to help make Iowa breweries more inclusive? That's a good question. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good question. Um, I would just say have that open door policy with management and your employer. Um, I'm not saying that nobody does here. I just... I know in California, I didn't have that. You know, Iowa is a little bit different, which I appreciate, but I just think that having that open communication with with your managers and employers are so important and an important part of your process because mental health is important. And when you're going through this, it's, I think it's just so crucial for your job. So that's definitely one for me. Absolutely. Um, I'd say for me on the other part of it would just be more culture, just bringing in more um, different holidays, like even if it's not something on a big spectrum, just at least somehow mentioning it because every community is just growing with all different types of people and diversity. So it's just important, I think, for businesses to make sure that they are saying, hey, we're trying to understand that for you so you feel welcome here. Yeah. 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 So we've talked a little bit about the experience in your workplace. You've mentioned communities. Um, when I think about diversity, equity, and inclusion in practice and at a business or in a company, um, there's really, in my mind, three foundational aspects of the work. 
first is the workforce. So how do you make sure that your workforce is diverse and representative? Then there's the workplace. It's how do you make sure that the place where this diverse workforce is showing up to work is inclusive? And then there's the marketplace. And in my mind, marketplace can be a couple things. It can be both how you're involved with and how you're showing up in the community, whether it's through partnerships or the merchandise, the nonprofit work that you're doing. But it's also how you are working to um, share that DEI, that inclusive approach with your customers and maybe with other vendors or suppliers that you're working with. So as you think about, I want to I talk specifically about marketplace here and that vendor supplier relationship, the, the network that you've created in your communities. How do you use your journey, your background to make sure that when you're out representing, you're creating this welcoming um, persona and, and wanting and helping people get involved with what you're doing? Um, I guess mine would be the Scars Are Beautiful beer campaign. Um, when I started it, I just wanted people to feel safe and, and, and look at themselves and know that they are so loved and appreciated, but I wouldn't have been able to do it without Janelle up there <laughs> from Big Grove. <laughs> um, but Scars Are Beautiful is a beer campaign that we started here in Iowa last year, and it's just about the body changes that you go through after such a major surgery like a mastectomy. Um, and it's just normalizing those body changes, normalizing scars, and making you feel like you can look in the mirror and love yourself again, just like I did. Um, because I know after my surgery, I looked in the mirror and thought I was a monster. Um, and I thought I could never love myself again. But um, I think that beer for me was to show people and let the community know that I'm here for them and all these breweries that participate in mm -hmm. Iowa and all over the United States are there for them. Yeah, so. that's, that's great. That's a really good example. Um, I can't say I have done too much for the community when it comes to what I've been doing. I know that sounds bad, I guess, but that's just how I feel. Um, I will say, at least with the beers that I've came out with so far, I've tried to do a little something different than what we do and try to bring different types of flavors to our community yeah. that they're maybe not used to trying. And that so, diverse palette. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. To be able to so find different. I feel like that's the part of what I've done for that. That's great. You know, um, I think it's, it's interesting because really, like, like each of us, we're on a journey. Many DEI aspects and programs are on journeys too. And I think you kind of try some things and if that works and you keep going, if, if not, then you correct course. We're, we're in an interesting time here in Iowa where um, there is a lot more attention around diversity, equity, and inclusion and, and the, the words and the acronym specifically. So as, you know, as we've been talking here, we've really established that this is more about making sure people of all backgrounds can be a part of enjoying the environment, enjoying the beverages at your breweries. Um, have you seen or are you hearing anything out and about about DEI and, and just how do you really advocate for that inclusion and belonging component? For me, like I said, just with the beers that I bring out, I try to do that. Um, I like to try to bring up things just with my team itself, um, as in Black History Month, um, you know, uh, 
uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, Native American Heritage Month. I try to say something, yeah. bring it up in a sense so that we are somehow promoting that and making people feel comfortable in the community that are, you know, of different color, of different heritage, of different culture. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Because again, representation matters. Absolutely. And having those stories shared and being able to learn more, I think is really, really important. Absolutely. Oh man, that's, this is a tough question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I try and advocate for others, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I try and just have an open door policy myself with other people that are struggling um, I started Iowa's largest breast cancer 5K after Susan G. Coleman left. Um, and I wanted to bring that back to Iowa so that people felt like they could have that outlet, whether their loved ones passed or the loved ones are going through it, or they just want to support. So I, I try and give a lot of people different outlets where they can share their stories and share their journeys and or talk about someone that they care about. Um, so that's... I guess that's my answer for that. That's great. No, as as we're thinking about um, that, just advocating and and showing inclusion through leadership, I think that's really really important. Um, can we go back to uh, how you're working, maybe in? the brewery space. So we're here in a room with brewers from all over Iowa, folks who are really involved in, in important to the industry. Um, as you think about networking and making connections and speaking up around uh, inequities or things that you're seeing, um, how, how do you how do you do that in a workplace that's competitive, that you, you want to um, continue to advance and, and move forward when maybe it's not always willing to be heard? I would say from, my, from just my own experience, um, just keep working hard, um, trying to learn everything you can. There might definitely be times where you're not being noticed that you're working hard and trying, but it will be noticed because no matter what, you keep pushing, you keep trying, it's going to be, it's going to be noticed yeah. for sure. Yeah. We're just got to work hard at it for whatever you want. You got to work hard at it. You can't be told no. Yeah. Can't exactly. accept, can't accept no. Right. That, that part. Can't Thanks accept the no. <laughs> um. I don't know. I'm just going to be annoying. Like, <laughs> uh, I feel like everyone's like, oh, Jess is talking about breast cancer again. Um, I, I'm just going to keep pushing because I was 27 years old. I just moved to Iowa from San Diego. I'd, I had no idea what my life was about to, to take its turn. And um, I'm going to keep pushing for those to advocate for themselves and get tested and you know, you have to you have to push your limits to get what you want in the medical industry. I feel like because your doctors are there for you, but you're you have to be there for yourself first and foremost. So I'm gonna be annoying, and I'm gonna be posting a lot of breast cancer <laughs> stuff. And you know, I know that I've posted a lot, but that's just who I am, and I'm passionate about it. So. That passion, that persistence, that being willing being willing to just keep set going and working hard. It takes a lot of courage. Um, and I think that as we look to each other as women in, in an industry, or as you look to each other as women in an industry, you know, having courage and knowing that each person has their own story and journey that they're on, I think is really, really, really cool. So, yeah, yeah. 
What else would you share with us about, um, d- you know, diversity and inclusion? I think those are obviously what we're talking about here today. So is there, are there any key, like big things that you, you think of again when, when it comes to mind or um, topics maybe that we haven't mentioned so far? I just think it's important to have in the workplace to have those discussions with your employees to have it at your next all staff meeting. Um, I just think that everyone should be safe and heard. Um, you know, something that happened at CBC this past year is that a lot of people didn't feel safe in that environment in Nashville. And I don't want anyone to feel that way. And so I just think having those tough conversations are worth it in the long end. Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree with what she just said, honestly. Like, I think it's important, especially when you're going to have both male and female in an industry, that it's important to understand both act, uh, spectrums. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, do either of your uh, breweries, employers have inclusion statements or um, anything that you put out there around diversity, equity and inclusion that the public can see and, and identify like, OK, this is a this is a place that's inclusive? I mean, Confluence is really big on charity work and, and a lot of beers that I feel like make everyone feel safe and heard. And so I'm very lucky and fortunate to have that in my workspace. Um, and obviously, like I said, with the breast cancer stuff, they did Scars Are Beautiful. We brewed it there with everyone in Iowa. So I definitely think that, you know, for my workplace, it's, it's definitely seen for sure. That's awesome. That's good. Um, I would also agree. Um, I know we definitely made sure we did like a Black History Month post. And I know that we have a beer coming out for breast cancer that's been out now. Um, So we're definitely trying to make sure we're including everybody with everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or walk the talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If it's okay with you, I might open up. Uh, for questions from the audience and just because I know we're recording today I'll go ahead and repeat them so that they can be heard so um, any anything top of mind or questions from our audience today from our panel for our panel so the so the question is really around um, beer festivals, public events. How, how can the industry be more aware and some of the biases that maybe are present so that uh, you can open up those festivals and gatherings so it's more inclusive and, and more welcoming for people of all abilities and all backgrounds. I would always just say just try not to be ignorant to anything and always educate yourself on everything. I mean, it's always out there. So definitely just education mm-hmm. for sure. Um, this is just an example, but for Iowa Craft Beer Fest, I know that we have at Waterworks Um, but I have heard someone this past year say this would be really impossible for anyone in a wheelchair or crutches to get through um, just because of the dirt lots and the grass. So, you know, is that something that we take a look at better for next year? I know it's a great venue. I love that spot. But how do we do a little bit better for disabilities in that sense? I would, I would maybe add, even though I've not planned a beer festival, I, I found that when you're, when you're getting groups of people together in the planning phase, it's helpful to have diverse perspectives on your planning committee so, so that people can, can speak up and speak to what their experience is at the, at the event. Um, I would also say that even 
further earlier on is to, is to ask yourself intentional questions on, is somebody going to enjoy this event more than others based on their situation? So really being intentional early on, I think is really important um, for kind of, for the planning part, especially when you're, you're getting a public, uh, giving a public invitation. Yeah. So as your um, breweries are uh, doing their work, do you have a DEI committee? Do you have a group of people that are really focused on these uh, heritage celebrations or events that are happening um, in your communities? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to say no. Um, and I don't think it's because we don't want to. I just think that we're so busy and it's just, it's basically me and the tapper manager that are getting together and just saying, okay, we're going to put this together and here we go. And it's going to be great. Um, but you know, we do have a marketing team that does help us with a lot of our labels and, and other stuff for marketing wise, but for event wise, you know, it's just pretty much me and someone else and then John Martin. And so I think it would be beneficial to have, you know, a DEI team though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I say we're on the same kind of page. We have marketing. Um, a lot of our leadership does make a lot of those decisions, though, as in, you know, the head brewer, things like that. So, yeah, it's it would be nice to actually have a team set just for that, though. Sure, for sure. Sure. And if not something formal, then maybe something more informal, a, a network of stakeholders that you can call upon um, folks of, again, various backgrounds or ha that have different experience or or even um different needs that they're trying to get out of the event that can be helpful too. standing up a formal DEI committee can can be a lot of work, especially when we have so especially when we have so much going on. So finding ways that you can do it in ad hoc way or uh, a little bit more informal can sometimes achieve the same mission. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go to the back row there. So the question is really around and, and more for the Iowa Brewers Guild and how can the, the guild more um, intentionally broaden and expand uh, the representation of um, black and brown people, women, just everybody uh, is, as the industry continues to evolve and change. Any, any tips or ideas on that? I feel like Peachtree's got a good start on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have an answer. That's okay. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's a big challenge. I think it's a it's especially a big challenge, you know, given the state that we live in, and and we are diversifying very fast, but there's still ways to go. Um, and I, it, it sounded to me just kind of based on hearing your story earlier, Ashley, is you kind of, I don't want to say you stumbled into the work that you're doing, but there, it, it, it just kind of came to you. Yeah. So I'd be curious if there are any ideas that you might have around getting more young people of color interested in the industry. And how do, how do you do that? Um, yeah, I would love to. Um, I'm not 100% on that as of right now, but I do know that as of right now, Knoxville is growing and we are getting more diverse as from what I'm seeing for the last few years that I've lived there. So I'm really excited to see kind of who moves into town and who we can pull into the, you know, business and the industry yeah. for sure. Yeah. I will say too, coming from San Diego where 
it's kind of the opposite where we had more races in brewing, whereas we had less females in brewing. So I was one of like five in San Diego and you can imagine how many breweries in San Diego there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very few female brewers, but we had a lot of race and cultural brewers in San Diego. So it was just, it was an eye opener, more of a cultural shock to come here and know that there was actually a lot more female brewers than I thought and female owners, but not enough, you know, cultural diversity. So it was just, it definitely was eye opening. Do you think there is an opportunity for um, the guild and for uh, you know folks here at the the conference this week to really be creative in the community involvement space and and figuring out where and how to show up maybe in these communities where you haven't been in in the past? Something to think yeah, about maybe. Definitely something to think about for yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. So the comment is really around that allyship idea and getting more women into the industry will in some ways, and even just with the folks who are in the industry currently, enhance and create a, a larger need for allies um, of, of, of men, you know, for males to be allies to females in the space and to, to speak up against the misogyny, speak up against the sexism, to... to uh, say something when you hear the joke. Uh, I think that's that's a, a, a real need. And, and I, I appreciate you, you saying that. It's, it's very good to call out. Did you have something here? Yeah, I just want to feel like I need to put my voice in this ring. Um, I'm the one of the chapter co-leads for Pink Boots, which we have the little, little, little <laughs> yeah. on our, Pink Boots on our badges is, here. Yeah. Um, and I'm always struck with, it's an important conversation to have until it's not. And we need to keep having this conversation. We might not have any answers right now, or certainly not all, but um, until it's not a conversation, we need to keep having it. Um, I believe that every nonprofit main goal should be not to exist. Um, So if we can... If we can make pink boots not exist, that would be awesome because that would mean there was no need for it. Um, so keep having the conversations. Keep having that conversation. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So the, the, the question, the question is, um, what is pink boots doing to educate women, people of color on the industry and get, get more folks involved? So yes, we we are experiencing a kind of a reboot era. Um, We have, um, we're required by national to do quarterly meetings and we're we're fully committed to those. Um, We're doing educational seminars. Um, We are now routinely participating again in the the Collaboration Brew Day. Um, Memberships are only $45 a year, I believe, for anyone who is female or non-binary in the fermentation space. And so that includes, you know, if you're a bartender or if you work for a kombuchery or it, it includes a, a broad spectrum. Um, but yes, we are working to do more and more uh, all the time. Um, and we're open to suggestions and help. Um, yeah, we're, I don't know. So, so join. Yes, please join. So join, right. Join, join Pink Boots. 
Yes. Yeah. So we're focusing on, so we're trying to reach more uh, tap room uh, personnel as well. And marketing. Um, and it, it, exactly, yeah. So um, what I'm sales. hearing is inclusion, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 what happens in this industry is there's a lot of information gatekeeping, Yeah. yeah. right? And so then mm -hmm. there are just going to be certain, certain people that are kept at a, a level because they're not invited to the table. And so what Pink Boots is about is we create leadership opportunities, present to your peers, share information, be empowered, be connected to a larger national organization that has a ton of resources, scholarships, empowerment. Like, that's what Pink Boots is here. And I love when Susan says, we hope to not exist someday, right? Um, yeah. But right now, we, we do to create a community for women and non-binary individuals in Iowa. And it's wonderful that the Iowa Brewer scale, to your question, um, one of the awesome things is that the Iowa Brewers Guild approached us about the opportunity to have this um, panel today, which is huge, and that wouldn't yeah. have happened two years ago, no. you know, and yeah. so it's, it's great, kudos to you all, not only standing up here, but also coming and participating in this, because it just shows you care, you give a shit, right? We're committed to trying to create change in this space and being more inclusive, so. Fabulous. It should be bigger. Yeah. When we get together for pink boots, yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, you know, and I think as the word gets out and you can share that message of inclusion and that um, the knowledge, the network that you're creating, uh, hopefully more people get on board and every one of these chairs is full this yeah. time next year. Yeah. And I'll just add in on these two. I mean, Confluence hosted it last year and mm -hmm. it was great and at that point I was off work and I mean most of you saw me there on crutches <laughs> yep <laughs> I work with only guys yeah. and one of them drove me and he goes well I didn't he goes I know you always go to this and I know he goes and I know we're a support background for you he goes but it's just great to see that you have that other support background out there yeah. to, you know and it's just kind of going to the ones that aren't part of it and being like hey you know we know you struggle too just the same as we have and that's it's great just proving that you have that support somewhere along the lines and spoiler alert we're going to no coast for our brew day in February. We didn't need to plug that one. <laughs> <laughs> he laid it out for me. So as we, we kind of walk, uh, wrap up here today, is there is there any one thing that you really think um, the audience needs to know uh, around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and access, and expanding um, representation in our in your industry? Um, I would say personally being someone that's part of the more minority part, um, don't take no for an answer. Um, and just keep doing who you know you, who you are, like keep being who you are. Thanks. It's, it's as simple as that, really, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. Jess? Yeah, I mean, I, I have to back that up. I mean, you got to fight for yourself in many ways. And if you feel like you're not being seen or heard, you know, talk to someone about it, talk to management or higher up. But if at any point you don't feel safe or heard, leave. You're replaceable to them, but you're not replaceable to yourself. Mm, powerful. Absolutely. Powerful.
Well, thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, audience, for engaging and, and listening us to our discussion today. And I hope this is the beginning of many dialogues and discussions to help bring more diversity, equity, and inclusion to the industry. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you.